Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, if this is your first time tuning in online or here at Encounter Church, we welcome you. We welcome you. We are so happy tonight that you thought just to come to church. A lot of people don't want to be in church on New Year's. They want to be at the club. But I'm glad that you, you, you know that it's important to come to church on New Year's. Come on, to usher in the New Year's right. So if you're not familiar with our church, our core values here is found in the word purpose. P, prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in teaching people how to pray. You, unity. We try to do things to bring people together, all different nationalities and cultures together and uh, marriages together. Because you know the enemy hates unity. The R is for restoration. Restoration, we want to see restoration in marriages. We want to see restoration in your life. Come on, we want to see restoration. And then the P is for presence. If you haven't noticed, we're not a program vision church. We're a presence-driven church. We're not a program-driven church, but a presence-driven church. So we, we worship and we usher in the presence of God. Why do we do that? Why do you guys sing so long? Because we know that one minute, one second in the presence of God can be years of therapy for people. Better than. So presence is very important here to encounter church. And then we have the O, outreach. Our church is a church of outreach. We believe in going out to community. We believe in bringing people in. Come on, we believe in the, doing the plays and whatever it takes to get people to see who Jesus is. So outreach is very important. Then we are a scripture church. S is for scripture. We believe in teaching the word of God. We are excited because this next year, Pastor Don is going to come over, and those people that want to learn to preach will be learning to preach. Amen? So she's going to be able to come over next year, and, and so we're excited about that because we are a scripture church. If it's in the Bible, we really try to do it. And then E is equipping. We believe in, equip, in equipping people and edifying people. So we exist. Our very existence is to unite people to God and people to people. That's very simple. Everybody say, I exist. To unite people to God and people to people. Our vision statement is, is for people to taste and see the colors and the favors of God. That is who we are in Counter Church. That is who we are. In a little while, we'll be going into the year of 2022. I'm so glad to be going in with you, Mama. I'm so glad, Papa, and all of you. I just love you so much. I'm excited to be going into the year of 22 together with you. So I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to say, I'm so glad 2021 is almost over. I'm glad it's coming to an end. So for many of us, 2021 was a year of great loss. It was a year of great pain. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I can attest to that. It was a year of death. 2021 represented a lot of things for me. But I'm so glad about 2022. Look at your neighbor. 
I'm glad about 2022, because it's a new you in 2022. That is our whole theme. I just really thank God for Pastor Michael Moore because he came up with that. He said the Lord was speaking to me and he's speaking to me about a new you in 2022. I was like, what? Yeah, that'll preach right there. So, you know, if you don't know Pastor Michael Moore, he lost 200 pounds, over 200 pounds, and he's kept it off. He really lost up to 245 pounds, but he's kept off at least 200. And he, so he became like a life coach now and I'm just so proud of him. I may talk about him later, but we're going to be doing, um, in 2022, we have a vision to do a whole health conference because God is changing us, amen? He's changing our appetite. He's showing us so much. And so we have the Daniel fast coming up on the 30th. We're going to be starting the Daniel fast. Then we're going to do the whole health weekend. I got the opportunity to go away, my brother and I, and we learned a lot that we were doing wrong. Nobody never told us, but now we know. Now we know. So that's our theme for 2022. A new you in 2022. So we thank God for our journey that we are going to go on together in our health. I hope you come with us. I hope you come. Every time I talk to my friend, Rochelle, she says, let's go. Let's go. When I was growing up, I was, I remember a song that they used to sing, and I remember marching in the marches together for unity, for peace in Oakland, California, and we used to sing, we shall overcome, we shall overcome someday, oh, within my heart. I do believe that we shall overcome someday. 2022 is a time to overcome. 2022 is the time. 2022 is the day, the day that I must overcome. Say, I must overcome. The DNA is already in you to overcome. There's no more going back on resolutions. You know, I think about this, you know, Mama, how many times we've made a resolution and we've went back on it. But now it's time to keep our resolutions. Now it's time to set our goals and say, I'm going to be a finisher. I am going to be a finisher. Why? Because the world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons and the daughters of God. The world is waiting for you and I to recognize who we are, who God has called us to be in the earth. Oh, man. So I have a question for you. Do you know who you are? I'm talking about the authentic you. When I was away, somebody said the question, they said, are you authentic all the time? Are you authentic all the time? I wanna be authentic all the time. Are you who you are, or are you who God has created you to be all the time? Does people see who God created you to be? Or are you living up to the expectations of someone else? Who am I? Who has God created me to be? Well, I know that I, number one, I'm created in his image. 
I know that I am a spirit with a soul in a body. I know that there's, a, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I know that I was made in his image. I know, number two, I know that I am an overcomer. I know that I am an overcomer and a person I have got to overcome. It's in me already to overcome. I know that I am a finisher. Do you know who you are? Ask your neighbor, do you know who you are? Or the enemy, has he come? Because he's coming against the church in this hour with amnesia. He's trying to make us, trying to make us something that we're not. And God is coming back for a bride, a church without spot or wrinkle. So look at your neighbor and say, it's time to live up to who God created me to be. I'm talking to you today about the authentic you, the authentic me. It's time to live up to our full potential in God, our full potential. 2022, returning to a place of intimacy with God. Because the only way that you and I are going to understand who we are, we have to get back into that place of intimacy with God. Hmm. A me that understands what it means to be connected to him and spending time with him. Beholding him, I am changed into his likeness. I, he takes me while I'm beholding him from complacency to action. Ah, we going somewhere, are you with me? In Matthew chapter six and six, it contains a powerful secret. Somebody say, I like secrets. Regarding the where and prayer. It's regarding the where in prayer. But when you pray, go into your room, it says, and close the door. Oh, here we go. I want you to do something. I want you to go into your room, and I want you to close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. All right, here we go. I looked at this scripture this week, and I said, close the door. People tell me, I don't know what happened, Pastor Portia. I just don't feel the presence of God no more. I don't know what had happened. But I used to like really feel the presence of God, but now I don't feel him no more. I'm feeling dead in my spirit. But I got a word for you tonight. The word is go into your room and close the door. Close the door to disappointment. Close the door to discouragement. Close the door to anger. Close the door to regret. Close the door to excuses. Close the door. Close the door to distractions. Close the door to self-pity. Close the door. I want you to close the door because he's already in there waiting for you. He's waiting for you to come in to the place of intimacy with him again. He's waiting for you to come to the secret place. He was waiting for me there the whole time, waiting for me to stop being distracted, waiting for me to stop making excuses. 2022 is the year of the triple twos. When I look at that O, I think of that zero, I think of it's 
as a place of birthing. God is about to birth something new in you. Oh my God. God is birthing something new. I'm leaving 20, I'm leaving now to a new 2022. One most important thing about that number two is I think about it and I think about balance, a scale. Stay with me for a minute. I know it's getting late, but I want you to think about a scale. And on this scale, if you have one side, you put all the weight on one side of the scale, then the scale is just gonna drop. But God is about to bring balance. That's why you need two things on each side. He's about to bring balance into our lives in 2022. Thank you, Jesus. According to the Bible, number two is a symbol of union, which can be seen in different examples. For example, we have the union between the church and Christ, as well as the union between a man and a woman in marriage. That's why the enemy hates unity. I got so many calls this week, would you not believe it? The enemy attacking people, attacking people's relationship, attacking people's marriages. I, I, I expected it because we're going to a new level. We're, we're, we're battling new demons that we're gonna have to take down, come on. We're coming into new territory. Anytime you're gonna come into new territory, you're gonna face different giants. But the enemy comes and he wants to discourage you from being your authentic you who God created you to be. We're going somewhere tonight. We're going somewhere. So when it comes to two in the Bible, we, we, we see that Adam was the first man to come. And we know that Adam messed up, and then Jesus came on the scene. So Adam brought sin into the world, but Jesus brought, and, and, and he brought destruction, Adam did, into the world, but Jesus, who was the second man, he brought hope into the world and he brought faith. Oh, somebody say thank God for the second. Thank God for the twos. So we must divide ourselves from anything that would cause us not to be who God has called us to be. There's a lot of counterfeits in this world. There's a lot of people mimicking other people, but God is looking for your, the authentic you. Oh, I don't know who I am, Pastor Portia. Well, you're about to find out. I would like for you to ponder a question with me. Have I been who God has created me to be? Am I being authentic all the time? Have we been living up to God's expectation of us? Or have we been living up to other people's expectation of us? I love what Pastor Mike says. He says, don't let other dr people dream for you because they will always dream too small. The Lord makes firm, it says in Psalms 37 and 23, Psalms 37 and 23, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. So God, so first of all, let me just say something. The steps of a good man, it says in another translation, is ordered by the Lord. So how many know that God has given us direction for the way we should walk and live? God has even given us direction of what we should eat. Mm -hmm. 
See, Pastor Portia, I like you until you said that about the eating thing. I don't like nobody telling me what to eat. Nobody likes that. But in order to get to where we're going to go to, we're going to have to change. Ooh, Pastor Portia. In order to go to the next level in God, I don't know about you, but I want to see signs, wonders, and miracles in 2022. Hmm, I want to see it. I dream about it. Oh, I dream about it, but it's going to cost something. It's going to cost. Earlier in Psalms, David explains that when we commit our way to the Lord, he will bring about righteousness. When we commit our ways to the Lord, he will bring about rightness in us. So I got to commit my way first. Psalms 37, 23, David proclaims that God orders or directs even the individual steps of a person. And God takes delight in the person, the person that, that allows him to order their steps. Woo! I want to be that person. So the term order or establish is from the Hebrew verb that can also mean to guide or direct or make, check this out, reliable. God wants to make us reliable. Somebody can depend on me. In other words, the person who has committed his ways to God has his steps made sure by God. So God loves us so much that he takes pleasure in leading and guiding us. Acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways and he will direct our path. Psalm 37, 24 says, because the Lord of the law of God is in our hearts, our steps or our path won't be slippery. Woo! Another translation, another word says in Psalms 119:11, it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh. In 2022, God is leading us into a secret place. Some of y'all look excited about it. Some of y'all like, what? The secret place is a spiritual place. It is not a natural place that you can go. It is a spiritual place that God is leading us into. He is moving us. In. He's going before us already there. He's already there saying, come on. Come on in to the secret place. David wrote, Yea, though I walk, listen, listen to what David said. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's something because we were talking, we were singing about that song. We were singing that song. I will not fear. I will not fear. So, David, but the enemy in this hour, he wants us to be afraid. Woo! I'm not going to let him do it. I'm not going to let him do it, Ashley. I'm not going to let him. I'm not going to let him do it, Joy. I'm not going to let him make me into a counterfeit of something else when I know that I am authentic, when I know that God has called me. He has called you. Come on. So we got to recognize who we are. We got to recognize who we are. Luke, in Luke chapter 21 and 26 talks about men's heart failing them because of fear of the things that are coming upon the world. People are having heart attacks because they're afraid. 
The enemy is going back and forth. And the scripture says that he's seeking who can he devour as a roaring lion. You ever see a lion go after its prey? Its very roar is intimidating. <laughs> the way that he roars, I can't even do it. But here it is, these, these animals and this prey that he's gone after, you know, they're stuck there in their tracks because this lion is coming after them. The scripture says that the enemy is going around seeking whom he may devour as like a, like a roaring lion. But listen, this is what I want you to write down. If you got taken notes tonight, if the enemy is seeking whom he can devour, then there has to be people that he can't. Oh, somebody heard that. There has to be people that he can't devour. There are some things that shake us in life. There are some things that we go through in life. There are some things that are hard in life. Life can be disappointing. I remember uh, praying because I, I, here I was living for the Lord, a virtuous woman. Here I was, and all of a sudden the doctors had said, you have endometriosis stage four precancerous. You cannot have kids. And I remember going and praying, and, and the devil, what he wants to do is he wants to wear out your patience. Oh, he wants you to, he wants you to give up on God. He wants you to give up. He wants you. He, that's his job to wear out your patience, to wear out the patience of the saints. That's his job to make you afraid. But I started to worship even harder. I started to sing, and I said, God, if you don't never do nothing for me again, yet I will praise you. Something about that moved the heart of God. And the doctors asked me how I got pregnant. I said, well, I guess the normal way. <laughs> yeah. Because my faith is not in the things that I, you got to get to the place in your life where you are not moved by what you see and hear. Sometimes I asked my mentor, Pastor Marion Overall, I said, I said, why, mom? I'm so dramatic. You know, why, mama? Is this happening to me? Why did they look at me like that? Why did they say that about me? Why did they hurt me like that? And she's so sweet, she'd just be, oh, baby, you know, I love you. Come on, come on, come on. And then she'd tell you straight, which I love about her. You could tell me straight. She would just say, listen up. You know who you are. You can't stay here. Yeah, that was hurtful, but what is your assignment? That was bad, but what is your assignment? But there's things that's gonna happen in our life that paralyze us, that wants to stop us in our tracks. And the lion is roaring, and he's roaring. Things that concern us, but they're different. They're different from it's a difference from being concerned and being petrified. It's the difference from being concerned and being paralyzed. And this our people are paralyzed. People don't even. I talked to a lady the other day on the phone. She can't even leave her house. Somebody can't leave their room because they're 
afraid because they're paralyzed by the roar of the enemy. I'm going to tell you something. God is not going to let you leave this world until it's your time. You can be on a minefield. And if it's the will of God for you to be on that minefield, nothing will happen to you. Because you belong to Jesus Christ. You are a son and a daughter of the king. I want you to recognize who you are. You got to get over this demonic force, the spirit of amnesia, amnesia, trying to tell you that you're this and you're that. When God says who you are, fear is a spirit. It's a demon. I never forget one time I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and I ran into a shifting spirit. If you've never seen that, that's somebody that's so possessed that they actually change forms in front of you, only you're not dreaming. And I remember being in the car. Woo! My cousin, Barry, he said, I'm going to stop. This is before cell phones. So that was a long time ago. And he said, he said, uh, he said cousin, hey, is it all right? Because I was getting all these people saved. I was so excited. Hey, this person got saved. Hey, that person got saved. And he said, hey, can you witness to this one person? Is this, um, uh, can you, you my friend? I said, oh, yeah. So that his friend got saved. Then his friend said, hey, I'm driving. Can you witness to my, to my auntie? So I said, sure. And this lady got in the car, turned, turned all the way around like the exorcist. And all of a sudden, she looked at me and she says, I don't want to hear nothing about Jesus. Now, nobody said that to her. Nobody called her. Nobody pre-warned that I was going to be in the car. But the devil knows who you are. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I've seen her head pulsating. I was like, oh, my God. And, and people that they think I'm, I'm the safest one, so they, so they, I've been saved longer than them, so they grabbing my hand, squeezing the blood out of my hand, and I'm scared to death too. And all of a sudden, I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, and I remember what my mother said because the devil was saying, God has sent you two thousand miles for the devil to kill you. And I remember what my mother said: If you encounter the spirit of fear, take authority. Because you got to recognize who you are in God. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So all of a sudden, I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of fear. I command the spirit of fear to leave. Some of you just need to take authority over the spirit of fear. You just need to, you don't even know who you are, that you have authority. You have an Uzi in your hand and the devil killing you with a toothpick. Come on, somebody. I'm just trying to tell you. He killing you with a toothpick and you got an Uzi in your hand. What are you talking about, Pastor? You got praise. You got worship. Come on. 
You have the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is your Uzi against the enemy. All you have to do is say it out loud and start to say it out loud. I have a friend, she has no problem hearing the devil, but she can't hear God. Because you listen to the devil and you repeat what he says over and over and over and over again. And God says, I want you to say what I told you to say. I want you to hear what, what I, what, the, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. But we get in, stuck in this phobia. Stuck in these phobias. People not even able, able to speak, afraid afraid to witness about Jesus because they're afraid of rejection. Not nobody here, mom, at other churches that I preach at. They can't even think straight because the, the enemy is bombarding their mind. Afraid. But the greatest place that you could ever be is in the will of God. God, who am I? Am I in your will? You know, it's something that the Bible calls us sheep. Sheep can be pretty dumb. You know what I'm saying? I was thinking about this, Brother Rick. I'm like, why couldn't he pick an eagle or something? You know, at least fly. Why wouldn't he pick another lion or a tiger? Something, something, something that'll just scratch you. You know, something that's ooh. But he doesn't. He doesn't, he picks a sheep. He calls us sheep. He calls us sheep. I would like for you to ponder the question. No, let me go to this. So the scripture says this, it says, take no thought where you're going to stay. I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Oh, that's encouraging. I mean, you ever read the Bible, really read the Bible? Come on. So I'm sending you out as sheep. In the, oh, that, that, that's great. Okay, what are we supposed to do? I mean, we all know that in the natural, that a sheep cannot beat a wolf. Who knows that? I mean, okay, I'm trying to keep y'all awake. But he says, take no thought where you're going to stay. Make no provision for yourself. I mean for you to be vulnerable. To trust me to protect you. The weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, what are strongholds? Strongholds are defense mechanisms. I, I wish I had time. I don't have time to go in that tonight. But the Psalms 23, Psalms 23 says, we see who our God is. It's important because if we don't see him as our shepherd, we would have problems. Who is your shepherd? Thank you, somebody knew. Who is your shepherd? The shepherd. The shepherd is, is off the hook. See, David knew, Brother Mark, David knew that he, how, how a shepherd operates because he was a protector of the sheep himself. David was a shepherd. And so when the bear came, you know, David killed the bear. When the lion came, David killed the lion. And so when Goliath came, he knew he was going down too. 
You ever think about it? David took five stones from the river. People ask me about that because David, because Goliath had five brothers. He was going to take them all out. He was going to take them all out. So I want you to see that my God is my shepherd. Say, my God is my shepherd. It says in Psalms 23, it says, I, I want you, let me, let me just see. You, you don't hear that David's speaking of uh, or, or magnifying the enemy in this, in this verse. He's not magnifying. He's, he's not pointing out what the enemy. It always bothers me when somebody comes and gets delivered by God and, and all of a sudden they're talking about how powerful the devil is. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. My God is God. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is Jehovah Nisi, my banner. He is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. My God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. My God is Jehovah Shabbat. He will off you. There is no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. None. Because I know who my shepherd is. David understood about being a shepherd. It says, he leads me besides the still water. Now, what is the still waters? See, sheep had issues. Sheep, we do. We got issues. When the water's going so fast, you know, we, just, uh, we all scared and we just going to fall in the water. But because he's a good shepherd, he's going to lead the sheep by still water. He's going to make the things coming against your life slow down. Ooh, thank you. Can I get a thank you? <laughs> thank you, Jesus. He's going to make the things coming against your life slow down. I love that. He leads me beside still waters. He puts me back on the path. He pushed me back on the path. I'm going the wrong way. And then he ticks out his rod and he said, oh, no, this way, this way, this way. I thank God for a shepherd that leads me. Oh, I'm trying to get y'all to see this. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So God knows what speed you can handle things in. He restores my soul. Even if you do mess up, even if you don't get it all right, come on, come on. He restores my soul. What is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. People have gone through some serious things, and I've looked, I've looked, and it looked like their mind is not the same, but God is the restorer of the mind. He is the restorer of your emotions. He can heal you from anything. I'm a witness to that. I'm a witness to that. He restores my soul. I was tired, and he restored me. I wanted to give up but he restored me. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Come on, he restored my soul. I said, God, why not me? Come on, he restored my soul. I didn't know if I could make it, but he restored my soul. He's a restorer of the soul. That's who my shepherd is, y'all. That's my shepherd. My shepherd, yours too, huh, mama? I know it. We serve, we got the same shepherd. 
the same living God. Thank you, Lord. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know what's something about shadows? You think about shadows for a minute. Shadows can be pretty scary. You ever been a little kid and then in the dark you saw something that looked like a demon or something and you were scared, you saw a shadow? Who here know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one? And then all of a sudden, you mustered up enough courage to turn on the light, and it was a coat or a jacket or something or a hat, right? But shadows can be pretty scary. Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Oh, who is with me? The shepherd is with me. The shadows can't hurt me. The shadows are there to make me feel afraid. It can't touch me, the shadows. It can try to touch me. It can try to hit me, but it can't do nothing to me because there's no substance to a shadow. So I was chosen to be here for this moment. You were chosen to be. You could have been born at any other time in history. You could have been born at any other time in life. But God has chosen us to be here at Encounter Church for this moment. God has told, chosen you to be, to go through 2021. He's chosen you to go through every single thing that you are going through. But the enemy, what he wants you to do is he wants you to have amnesia and he doesn't want you to recognize who God created you to be and he wants you to give up before the blessing comes. He wants you to give up before revival comes. He wants you to abort the baby before you get the baby. Oh, come on, somebody. Just give up. I always think about my friend, Henry Rick Maiden, who's a powerful man of God. I mean, this man could quote the scripture. I mean, this just off the blue, top of his head. He knew every scripture. Henry got discouraged one day. He got discouraged because he was getting hit with back child support 10 years. And then his job failed. And I'll never forget this. What happened to Henry was he ended up the day before, I remember I trying to call him, I tried to talk to him, I tried to encourage him. He was promised his job, but they were delaying giving him the job. And so then he left and backslid and went back on heroin. Oh my God. And I never forget this. This is what always haunts me to this day. The very next day, the people called for Henry to come to work. If he would have waited one more day. You think about Daniel, if he would have stopped praying. If he would have stopped praying on the 20th day. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, you, are, are you getting what I'm saying? The enemy wants to wear, he wants you to say, you know what, God ain't really working for you. The problem is, is if you agree with what the enemy says, if you agree with what the devil says, if you agree with him and not to God, you will never go into the, your destiny. You will never be your authentic you that God has created. 
You got to say, you know what? I am going to agree with what heaven says about me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. I was chosen to be in this moment. God knew that I would make it. He knew, he knew that his spirit, uh, come on, was going to cause me to survive. God knew that he was going to walk with me and he was going to talk with me. And even though I didn't even believe it myself at times, I know that I should have been dead a long time ago, but he pulled me up because he is the good shepherd. I was chosen to be here for this moment. I was chosen to be here. Oh, God. Come on, Lord. Please let him get it tonight. The shepherd is my defense against the shadows. I will not fear. I will fear no evil. I refuse to worry about death. Aren't you scared, Pastor Portia, going there and praying for that person? They could have the COVID. Death cannot touch me unless God says. I told the devil a long time ago when I was, thought I was on my deathbed. I thought I was on my deathbed, and I remember laying there, and I said, you know what, I'm going to say something to you. Even if you succeed at killing me with my last breath, I will lift up my voice to magnify God, and you will still lose. You will still lose. See, because I live for revenge against the forces of darkness. He should have never done it. You should have never came against my family. I'ma praise him all the way more. Come on, I'ma clap every time he said, I'ma act a fool for Jesus. I'ma get as many people saved as I can because he should have never done it. He should have never done I know who I am now. I know who I am. I forgot before, but I know I will not fear. I refuse to worry myself to death. I refuse to worry myself to death. I will not worry anymore. Worrying is a sin. Oh my God. I refuse to worry myself to death. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. He hasn't forgotten about you. You know, I love this part. It says, the rod, the staff, they comfort me. I want you to picture Jesus as the good shepherd. Picture him twirling that rod, doing kung fu on the enemy for you. I mean, that's what I picture, like a Bruce Lee Jesus. I picture that. Oh, you didn't make my daddy mad now. You didn't make the shepherd mad now. So it's a big difference. Let me just tell you. Let me tell you this, because I'm running out of time. Let me tell you this. It's a big difference in knowing better and doing better. <laughs> See, I know what to eat now, so I don't have 
the excuse. Because I didn't know, but now I know. It's a big difference when you know that you need to be quiet and respect your husband, but you don't do it. Or opposite, that you're supposed to love your husband and you respect your husband. You're supposed to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. It's a big difference of knowing and doing. But I have been educated. I have been informed on what's good for me and what's not good for me. It is possible to know and still not do. Most of the time, um, it's because this is big, wide golf. Big, wide golf. And we know it's going to be difficult to reach over. It's going to be difficult. So we just say, you know what, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, Brother Terrence. I'm not going to do it, Pastor Regina. I'm not going to do it. Because it's impossible. It's impossible. I just don't want to do it. Maybe it's something that God told you to do. I'm going to tell you something. The other day, a few weeks ago, I was praying for this person that was oppressed with the devil. Me and Monty and different ones which was casting out the devil. And I gave him specific instructions. I said, I want you to go to the people that you have hurt and ask them to forgive you. And this is how you forgive. I'm sorry. This is how what you say. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I love you. Four fingers. Everybody got it? I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I love you. That's how you apologize to somebody. It's amazing how many people don't know that. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I love you. I said it to him over and over again. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I love you. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I love you. Do you think he did it? No. Couldn't even remember what I said. It's possible to know better and still not do better. It's not the absence of knowledge that always detours our activity, but the gulf between. And we know to do and do is often so wide for us. While it's impossible to do better if you don't know better, it's impossible to do better if you don't know better. Habits are harder to deal with than demons. I'm just going to tell you that. They're harder to deal with. God, I know who you've called me to be. I know who you've called me to be. I know that I am made in your image. I know that I am committed. I know that I am an overcomer. I know that I was called to the kingdom for such a time as this. But doing better is not easy. Doing better is not easy. I have people that say, well, you don't know how my husband is. God knew how your husband was when you married him. God knew how your wife was when you married her. But obedience is not predicated on what somebody does or doesn't do. Can I teach you for a minute? Obedience is not predicated on what somebody does or what somebody doesn't do. Your obedience to God you have to learn it to go into 2022 that says, God, I'm going to be obedient to you. In order to go into the secret place of the Most High, in order to behold him, in order to be changed by him, your obedience in the 
little things matters. Because how can I get to do what God has told me to do? God wonders, can I trust you? Can I trust you? Can I trust you with my power? Now, see, the truth is, God can't really trust us a lot of times with his power because of our mouth. Oh, Jesus. He said, you know what? I can't trust you with my power because you're supposed to be speaking life and you're speaking death. God, I hope they die. See, that ain't God. That ain't God right there. How can I trust you with my power if you're not obedient? If the Bible says if you're faithful in the little things, I will make you ruler over many things. He's called me to be obedient. The problem is we don't want to change unless there's competition. We don't want to change. We don't want to change. We don't want to change because it seems like it's too hard because we're stuck. We're stuck. And a lot of times it's not until something happens where your husband or your wife says, you know what, I'm done, that you say, okay, I'll change. But God, I don't want to wait for something bad to happen. I don't want to wait for something horrible to happen for me to decide to give you my all. I want to do it now, God. I got to go into the secret place. I want to be changed. I want to be the authentic me that God has created me to be. That's going to take action on my part. It's going to take action. The people we admire, we admire them because they have, they are people of action. I admire Pastor Mike because I see him as an overcoming man. I see him as a man that went against the stream. I admire my husband because he is a godly man. He is a man that went against the stream. He is a man that was addicted to cocaine. I'm talking about my husband before I met him, two years before I met him. He was a man that was, that, that his, his friend said to me, he said, I can't believe that he got saved. If we drunk three beers, he had to drink four or five. If we smoked this money joint, he had to do more than us. But something happened to my husband. This before he was my husband. He wanted to be free so bad that he drove his, his bicycle, his bike for miles. I think it was a Schwinn bike. And he would drive it for miles to get to 6 o'clock morning prayer to pray with two elderly ladies, Dr. Violet Kitely and Sister Overall. And he would pray every single day at 6 o'clock in the morning because he wanted to be free. But God, I, I look at that, I said, I said, how bad do you want to be free? How bad do you want Jesus? How bad do you want to walk into your destiny? How bad do you want to be your authentic self? How bad do you, come on, do you want to overcome the world? How bad? It's going to take something. It's going to take something. It's going to take you closing the door. Because your soul's dying and going to hell. Waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God waiting for you and I to wake up and recognize who God created us to be. Waiting for you and I to go into our closet and shut the door and say, God, don't look for another generation. Here I am, use me. 
but we respect people because they're overcomers. Because they go against the grain. We have to be able to correct our past decisions. Think about that for a minute. We have to be able to say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I, I didn't mean to hurt you, but I did. You gotta be able to humble yourself. You gotta be able to humble yourself. Because the other thing, the pride demon, that's the devil. But God's people know. He said, Jesus, that's what he did. He was God. And he came down as a, a, a in, in, in the human human flesh and he was a baby and, and he grew and, and here it was he humbled himself on the cross he was the bridge for us to walk over come on we walked on him we sped on him he was beaten beyond recognition to be a man thorns were thrust in his head nails was in his hands and feet was that not enough to say God here's my life Nobody is trying to put nails in my hands and feet and thorns in my head. Wasn't it enough to say, God, here's my life. I lay it down, God. I want to be who you called me to be. I want to be the authentic. The, I want to be authentic. I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be, oh, they saw Pastor Portia, they saw her at the club. And she preached on Sunday. I want you to look at my life and say, there is Jesus. There is Jesus. There is Jesus. Oh, my God. Well, you can come back to the piano because we don't have a lot of time. Thank you, Mama. Ooh, I know I can be emotional when I preach, but this word was stirring in my heart. It's stirring in my heart because I want you to see if we don't rise up, if we don't be afraid like the world, we can't be afraid like the world. We can't act like the world. We can't talk like the world. We can't cuss like the world. We can't be like the world and expect to be the light in the dying world. We can't. It's got to be, we got to be who God created us to be. We got made in his image, not the world's. Somebody said, well, well they just going to have to love me for who I am. My fat, ugly self. No, they don't. Don't expect from somebody what you're not willing to be yourself. It is easy to live with regret. Is it easier to live with regret? or live without it. Or live without it. Would you rather live in pain, the pain of recovery? My husband had a knee surgery and the knee surgery was, uh, he, wasn't, he was putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. God is gonna heal me one way. God is gonna heal me this way. So I don't really wanna have this surgery, but he needed to have the surgery. So when he got the surgery done, it was painful at first, but now he walks straight. 
What I'm telling you is some things you're going to have to go through that's hard. Don't live with regret. Don't live with regret. The pain of not wanting to make any waves, the pain of procrastination, the pain, the pain, the pain, the pain, the pain. Dealing with trying to go the way of least resistance is the church. Being trapped in fear to live our best life, to live our best life. We must be willing to change our course. We must be willing to overcome. We must be willing to go in the room and shut the door. We must be willing to be our authentic selves. What does that look like for you? What does it look like for me? God, I cry out to you now. I cry out to you, God, to change us. I cry out to you to change our appetites. I cry out to you to give us a desire to pray. I cry out to you to give us a desire to seek your face. Because unless we return back to the secret place, God, we will have no power. Unless we return back to the secret place, God, we will never be who you called us to be. And God, we're going back. We're going back to the secret place and we're closing the door, God. We present our bodies as a living sacrifice. We need change. I'm willing to labor for it. I'm willing to cry out for it. I'm willing to turn away my plate for it because I gotta have your presence in my life. In the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, Father, not my will, but thine will be done. Are you willing to give up anything for it? Are you too comfortable in your sin? Oh, my God, Pastor Portia. I know if I preached nice messages and made everybody feel good, that we would have a lot more people here. But God is not calling a lot more people. God is calling you. He is calling you and I to rise up to be the people that he's called us to be. 2022, the year. What's that? Of triple blessing. Triple. It's time for victory. It's time to get closer to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.